0: If you like weird, spooky and strange history, then I have the podcast for you. My name is Brenda, and I'm the host of Horrifying History. Are you into the dark side of history? Horrifying History tells you about the side of history that people don't normally talk about. We tell the tales of haunted places, infamous true crimes, the paranormal and unsolved mysteries, and then we look to history to see where the truth actually lies. Want to get spooky with us? Get your Horrifying History fix by subscribing today on your favorite podcast provider or by going to our website at horrifyinghistory.podbean.com. Lovely was quoted as saying, I wanted the world to know that my son was not a drug dealer. He was not drunk. He died because he was hit. I did not want Gage to be put behind bars for his life. But yes, I wanted him to know that there are consequences for your actions and I want the law to hold
1: him accountable. How long was he in jail for? Three months. Have you ever seen him and, or spoken with him after that?
2: No. Um, I The last time I saw him was when the judge let him go. After that, no. I haven't seen him.
1: What, what would you say to him if you did see him?
2: I really would ask him what exactly happened you know the the real story still hasn't come out of his mouth so i really want to know what my son said what his last words were
1: i'm your guest host lisa lillian also known as hungry girl for you foodies out there you're listening to speaking of crime with gia and john
3: we are so happy to have lisa back again co-hosting with us this week And make sure you head over to HungryGirl.com and check out her guilt-free recipes that are super easy to make and just delicious. In the end, the justice system failed Praveen and his family, but Robinson wasn't going to allow that to be the end. He filed a petition for a writ of mandamus, which is a legal filing asking a superior court to order a lower court or government official to do something. In this case, asking the government official to properly fulfill their official duties or correct an abuse of discretion.
2: When Gage was charged, they appoint you a victim's advocate from the attorney general's office. So that lady was in contact with me throughout until the trial. So she had told me when the trial starts, I will be there. I'll stay in a hotel. I'll be I'll be with you. I'll sit next to you, hold your hand and blah, blah, blah. Never saw her. She never came. And I didn't even think of all that during trial. But after all this, I'm like, what is going on? And especially when He, Robinson, wrote down um, uh, the, what is that, writ of mandamus, that's what it's called. It was a 70-page document to say what this judge did is wrong. He was going to, the Supreme Court took it, it was in their file, but then Attorney General's office, they called Robinson and they were going to block it. So Robinson said, I don't think we have a chance. And I was like, oh my God. So I called that Inspector General from Lisa Madigan's office. And I told him, please don't interfere. Let the Supreme Court hear it. Let them hear and see, you know. And then he's like, oh, we are not interfering. I said, that's not what I am hearing from Robinson, you know. See. Robinson does not take too many cases into the Supreme Court, but the attorney general always has a close connection with the Supreme Court. So who are they going to listen? When they said, when they asked, when attorney general's office asked the Supreme Court for reports on Praveen, you know, they are naturally going to think, oh, they have some kind of interest in this case and then the attorney general's office said they did not have any anything that robinson filed and i said i know for a fact everything he files he sent a copy to me and he sent a copy to the attorney general's office and i said i know you have it then why did you call the supreme court you know then they they think that you have an interest in this and then he said at the end the attorney uh, general's office the inspector general told me He's like, oh, I will let him proceed with it, but the Supreme Court ever takes up this case, we will appoint a lawyer from our office for the judge. But in few weeks, we got a notice that the Supreme Court refused to hear it. Robinson had only that one chance to file the writ writ of mandamus. Just one time, he couldn't do it. Um, So then he had to uh, dismiss the case. He, He could not charge Gage again on the case that was dismissed by the judge, you know. So he had to dismiss the case and start all over. So that's where it was. And then he came here, Robinson and his partner came to us and they wanted to talk to us. And my husband and i we both told him we don't want another trial because you know to sit through another trial i and we told him we heard everything we wanted to hear and we feel like we got justice putting gage in jail for 60 years is not going to bring our son back but i wanted him to learn a lesson you know that you cannot commit a crime and walk around and with the judge, I wanted somebody to prove him wrong, you know, what he did is wrong. And then Robinson said, you know, the fact that you are telling us that you have peace gives us so much, you know, but he said, but for us, we have a convicted felon out there and we have to watch out for the people of Illinois so he said they would proceed with it but you know it's not an easy process especially because the the verdict was guilty on one not guilty on the other one so he he has to have a predicate to um, go with the charges so that's what he's working on and he he always told me i will never give up on it and He said he could be charged today, tomorrow, 20 years from now, anytime. So there is like a sword hanging on his, above his head. And if a police officer stops him, they pull up his record. He, they all know that he was charged and he was guilty on a murder. Um, So he's um, painted forever you know and uh, to me there are days that I don't even think of him because if I think of him I see all the injuries on Praveen and all that you know so if he gets charged we will be there for everything that Robinson does
0: That is still where the case stands today. Gage has been free since the date of sentencing back in September of 2018. He has gone on with his life as if none of this happened. As if he didn't kill another human being, someone's son, brother, cousin, and beloved friend.
2: He has two two kids now. People message me from uh, even now. Oh, I saw him here. He's doing this. He was at you know this, and he was in a fight, and all that. Even the after the judge let him go, there was something that happened there that he was involved in a theft of this. um, uh, There is you know they have this big. uh, They do. It's 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 like a truck that all these boys in Southern Illinois drive. He stole one of them, one, somebody's. And the sheriff was supposed to arrest him, but it did not happen. So for some reason, there is so much protection around this boy uh, from everyone. We just don't know what it is. I really uh, don't want any harm for Gage. You know, I honestly never wished anything. I hope he would turn around uh to get his life around and you know because we still hear from people down there that he's still selling drugs and all that so his fate it's not for me to decide It's somebody up there will decide and he will have to i feel like we all have to face our creator one day and you know we'll have to answer to him so i will leave it up to him to decide on gage's fate it's not it's not for me to decide but i wish he would use this incident in his life to make a change in somebody else um will it happen i don't know (laughs) the the way he is going i don't think there are days that i purposely don't think of him you know Um, I never go and look at his Facebook, or I I don't do it. Um, it's it's just something that you want to stay away from, you know. And I even in the uh, in victims' impact statement, I said there are days that I don't even think of you because the minute I think of you, I have to remember my son's injuries. I only want to think of my son's smiling face.
0: The question we keep asking ourselves, and I'm sure you are all thinking the same thing, is what made the judge overturn the jury's guilty verdict? This is something that rarely happens in our country. To have a judge throw out a unanimous verdict and free a defendant who was found guilty on the evidence admitted is extremely rare. It's not the way our justice system should work. Our legal system relies on juries. And for a judge to find a loophole, a very weak one at that, and let a murderer walk free is a very big failure of the criminal justice system.
3: But Monica and Lovely figured it out. They even got to the bottom of this mystery. They found out that the judge had, in fact, been threatened. There is black and white correspondence that the defense attorney said We've laid it all out, now we'll see if the judge has the balls to do what he needs to do. The day of sentencing, Judge Clark came into the courtroom with a prepared statement. He had planned what he was going to do in advance.
4: He came in, he sat down, he opened his, what he had prepared and he said, everybody's conducted themselves very appropriately and remained calm throughout this and I appreciate both sides. What I'm about to say today May very well upset, you know, half of the courtroom. If you feel like you can't control yourself, leave. Then he said, and this is almost verbatim if you get the transcripts. Prosecution, you put on a fine trial. You had no issues. Defendant, by your own, by your own words, and by all the evidence, they had absolutely enough um, evidence to find you guilty. Now, what I have to decide is there was a what i call a syntax issue in the um indictment which is the charging document and i was like is, it, is he is he fucking kidding me right now like what do you mean the charging indictment The charging document, the indictment, is a piece of paper that we've seen since day one that simply states the charges. The judge has read it in court probably a hundred times. We've talked about it a hundred times. The jury knew very well what it said and that it was not evidence. And then he said, um, there's a comma in there after the word knowingly. And I have to decide if that comma, that syntax error, which it was not. It's a standard charging document, a copy and paste document. Um, could have fatally flawed the document to confuse the jury and then I just went out of my head like I jumped up and like went to the bathroom and I was like th- th- like I just wanted to put on the siren like this is bad um, he went on to say basically because of this comma or this word knowingly he felt like it was fatally flawed and he had set aside the verdict and there'd have to be a retrial bye gage walked out as far as Greenberg I don't Feel like Greenberg was actually much of a factor in this. I think it was pressure from within, from the state's attorney all the way up to like probably Lisa Madigan's office right up the line in Illinois. Greenberg was flappy and he wanted to take credit for that overturn, but I think he's so disgusting i mean if you i mean you represent r kelly i mean i know people may not like me saying that but you represented r kelly i mean even r kelly i think fired you you're a dirtbag but anyway i don't think greenberg really had anything to do with it he didn't point that out The judge, (laughs) the judge, I feel like the judge could have hung his hat on so many other things that made it more credible feeling, or like, okay, now that makes sense. That was a very touchy subject. It's just still to this day, I'm baffled. I don't know if either A, he emotionally identified more with Gage than Praveen and could not put that kid away for 20 to 60 because he would have had to serve every day, mandatory minimum sentencing of 20, Um, or if He had some push from the inside that truly scared him, and he had to.
1: So you think he may have been threatened?
4: One million percent, whether it was you're going to do this or else, this, that, or the other. And I want to try to word this next thing very carefully because I do want it out there, but I don't want to really put any individual out there provingly, knowingly, 100%, I can tell you beyond a shadow of a doubt that the defense attorney at some point in time was putting pressure on that judge and was making reference to the family. I've laid it out for the judge. We'll see if he has the balls to do what he needs to do.
1: Qu- quote. And what types of threats could they make? I mean, do you think it was something specific did he fear for his life possibly
4: i that's the million dollar question i ask myself every day if i could talk to one person right now besides jesus or a dead relative i would get a hold of mark clark and say did you just not were you just not able to put what looked like your own son in jail over somebody That their son didn't look like him to go to jail could you emotionally just you didn't think he deserved it which is wrong because you have to follow the law and you didn't or did they have something on you or tell you you will do this or you will have problems those are the only two rational things that i can ever ever make sense of for it to be it was not because that had merit. He knows what he did was not warranted by law and has no merit. And you won't find another judge or another lawyer that agrees with them beside Greenberg.
1: Reverting back to when the case was overturned and the judge made that decision. Hmm. Have you had a chance to speak with any of the jurors at all about that? No, no, I did not um i don't have information
2: about the jurors so you know i heard like rumors i'm not sure that they all were upset they all were upset um so you know i i even said it publicly when the media asked me i mean i felt so bad for robinson and for the jurors you know this was such a um really emotional trial, you know, for two weeks to sit there and listen to all this, and they make a decision and the judge to turn around and do this. What a slap. You know, I was feeling so bad for them. Um, I mean, you kind of lose your trust in the justice system. So, you know, I did not get a chance to talk to anybody, but I hear that they all feel bad.
1: Yeah, but none of them have spoken publicly. No,
2: no, but no, only the jury foreman, she filed, uh, I mean, she called Robinson, there was a claim filed because of the juror harassment, you know, so that was the only thing. There were three times that the juror, jury foreman was harassed. So there there was a um, filing on it and the judge did not do anything. He didn't care whether the jury was harassed or not.
1: How long was he in jail for? Three months. Have you ever seen him and or spoken with him after that?
2: No. Um, I, the last time I saw him was when the judge let him go. After that, no, I haven't seen him.
1: What what would you say to him if you did see him?
2: I really would ask him what exactly happened. You know, the, the real story still hasn't come out of his mouth. So I really want to know what my son said, what his last words were, Um, that's all, you know. I'm not going to curse him out or anything. I just want to know what he did. Maybe that will make him feel better. I'm sure he's going through, you know, if he has a soul, I I, I wonder if he has one. But I think, you know, he, he has to think of it every night. And maybe if he comes out and tells me what happened, it probably is a piece for him too.
3: Lovely never had a chance to read her victim impact statement during the trial. And in hindsight, she expressed some regret. She thought maybe it was her statement that allowed the judge to feel okay about letting Gage walk free.
2: I will, I'll send you my victim's impact statement. You know, you can read it. It's a. I uh, I never had a chance to read. Sometimes I'm like, you know, maybe the, after the judge read it, he probably thought, oh, this lady is okay. Even if I let him go, you know, I, I don't know what he was
3: thinking. Lovely read her victim impact statement for us.
2: This is what I wrote. Um, this was given to Mr. Robinson. And he handed this over to the judge. So I'm pretty sure the judge read this. So I, you know, I never had a chance to read it out loud. And I will, um, I will read this. This is what I wrote. Honorable Judge Clark, thank you so much for giving me this opportunity. I have waited for this day for four and a half years. First of all, let me thank you, Your Honor, for presiding over my son's case. We thank the jury who spent multiple days listening to the evidence and made a decision at the end. We thank the Special Prosecutor's Office, the Director, Mr. Delfino, Prosecutors, Mr. David Robinson, Mr. David Neal for their professionalism and empathy towards us. We thank the Carbondale Police Department for assisting Mr. Robinson in the investigation process, especially Chief Grubbs, Lieutenant Goddard, Officer Weissenberger. We know this was not an easy process. Praveen Matthew Varghese, my wawa, my baby, our only son, who was supposed to carry our family name, was a loving son, protective brother, responsible grandson, adored nephew, funny cousin, a loyal friend, and so much more to everyone who knew him. He never ever held a grudge towards anyone. He only wanted everyone around to be happy. He lived up to his life motto, YOLO, you only live once. A piece of our heart is gone when we lost him and we will never be the same. Praveen had a very specific goal set in life. He was on his way to make a career in law enforcement. Gage, I know you said in your initial police interview that you are not used to my kind of population. I want to tell you a few things about my son, who he was for us, how much we miss him and how much pain his absence cost us and the nightmare we go through on a daily basis to live without him. For the past four and a half years, I have been on a path that I don't wish on anyone. My husband, who is my best friend, went silent when he lost his only son. I watched my husband go from a joyful, happy, fun-loving man to a walking zombie, whose heart was shattered. He could not handle all the character attacks, the lies and false accusations that followed. I had to get used to the silence between us. My oldest daughter lost not only her younger brother, but also her best friend and secret keeper whom she protected so much. I had no words to console her when she was screaming at the middle of the night, asking me to bring her brother back. A girl who never had any problems with the studies was having all kinds of issues concentrating. She could only see her brother's face when she opened her books. She had to fight so hard to get through college without losing any semesters. My youngest daughter who was only 12 years old at that time had to grow up on her own because she lost her whole family when she lost her only brother. I was not there for her to take her to all the extracurricular activities and programs. And I was not there to help her with her homework, which I used to enjoy doing for my kids. My youngest daughter was robbed from all my motherly duties. The silence at our home scared me. Through it all, I had to hold this broken family together, grieve the death of my only son, and fight to get to the bottom of what actually happened to my baby. We will never see Praveen graduate and pursue his dream job. We will never see him get married, have children, and live a happy life. We miss him on all our family happy occasions. Every night, I lay in Praveen's empty bed just to be close to him. His bedroom is just how he left it. Every day when I wake up and walk down the hall past his bedroom to go downstairs, I'm reminded that he's gone. Every morning, my husband stops at the bottom of the stairs to say good morning to Praveen. Instead of telling him to his face, he's stuck talking to a picture of our son. Your decisions the night you crossed paths with my son changed us all forever. Because of the choices you made, my son lost his life, and the rest of us were given a life sentence of living without him. Gage, we all make mistakes in our lives, but the difference is whether we own it, say sorry and move on with our lives. I waited for four and a half years to hear that from you. Every hearing that I came, I thought maybe that day would be the day you would come to me and say you were sorry. I hoped each day would be that day you felt remorse No, I never saw that in you. The day you were on the witness stand, I will never forget the stare you gave me when you got off the witness stand. I know you probably look at me or consider me to be your enemy. One day you will realize and understand that I am not at all your enemy. Gage, I have forgiven you a long time ago. I could not live with that hate towards you. I had to forgive you for me to live, and I am sure that's what my son would want me to do. There were days that I did not even think about you on purpose, just so I did not accumulate any more anger towards you. Every time I thought of you, I had to immediately think of my son's injured, beaten, lifeless body. None of us were around him to say we love him or even close his eyes after he died. I had to avoid thinking of you. I only wanted to think of my baby's smiling face and picture his healthy body and funny talks. Gage, you could have made a difference. As an adult, you must listen to your conscience and let it guide you. You can still make a difference. I learned so much about the area where you grew up, and I know fighting is considered somewhat normal for teenagers there. Just because it is common and lots of your friends do it, that doesn't mean it is normal or okay, it is not. You can break that cycle of thinking. You can use your life experience to tell the young ones that fighting is not okay and it might end up with the tragedy of a family losing the loved one forever. You can make that change and save someone from trouble with the law. The choice is yours. Encourage the teenagers to stay in school. Education will open up a whole new wide world to you. You will learn who is around you and what happens in other parts of the world. You will become a different person. Encourage the youth to leave the way of living with drugs, alcohol, and fighting that are associated with it. Change one life, you will feel good about it. I don't know the judge's decision for you. Personally, I don't like to call it punishment time. I feel that your time in prison will be a time for repentance. We all need some time in our life to learn from our mistakes some people take short time and some need longer time if at any time along the way you ever wanted to reach out to me i will be there i like to think how my son would have handled this if he was in my position i know he would say it's okay buddy just say sorry and go on this would be exactly his words just because i say i forgive you It does not mean that I approve what you did to my baby. As I told you earlier, the decisions you made one night, four and a half years ago, forever changed my life, your life, the lives of our families and friends, and those decisions ultimately ended my baby's life. We live in a society, and we all have to abide by certain laws. Anyone who breaks the law should face the consequence. I pray while you spend some time reflecting on your past life, you make a decision to turn your life around, use all resources possible, and come back and live your life as a productive citizen of our society. I pray that you use your voice and life experience to be an encouragement to many young people that would want it, want a change in their lives. You are the very last person who got to see my baby's face alive. You are the very last person to physically touch my baby before he died. You have no idea what I would give to touch my baby or see my baby alive for just the amount of time you spend with him that awful night. That boy you hit on, hurt and left in the cold was my baby, He's everything to us. While his life ended that night, I know he would want you to make something of yours.
0: We asked Lovely if she has regrets about moving to this country. But in the same gracious, positive, and gentle, yet incredibly strong personality that she has, this is what she had to say. I don't.
2: Um, You know, if I didn't move here, (laughs) I never would have had Praveen, you know, or, or my children. So I don't have any regrets. I don't have any regrets about moving to this country. I don't have Any regrets about anything else other than, um, you know, people ask me, um, did the system fail you? The system did not fail me. Some of the people who are supposed to keep the system intact failed me. Are you guys ever, any of
0: you ever scared on a day-to-day basis knowing that the person who killed your son is just walking free?
2: I'm not scared for myself but I feel like he's going to do this again. you know he has the anger issue we hear from so many people so I I'm afraid that he is going to harm somebody else and it, it, it it's not it's not a question of if it's it's a question of when.
0: Lovely shared with us how happy Praveen was to grow up in the States. He felt lucky to grow up with the privileges he had.
2: He was so... um, happy with the privilege of, um, you know, growing up in this country. Um, And he was, he used to tell everyone um, about us coming to this country as um, uh, first generation immigrants and uh, raising them, um, you know, as a productive citizen to this country. So, you know, like he, we found all that out later on after he was born, I mean, gone. I is so much into music. Oh, really? He listened to everything. But, you know, like in, in the Indian one, Bollywood. Yeah, of course. Uh, he had so many of um, Shah Rukh Khan movies and music. But the English side, American side, I think he, he I mean, he used to rap. He, I, I'll send you a link to one of his rap. I mean, that's all I have. I don't know where, where he put everything, but... Music, he, was, he would go crazy, you know, like if he's coming down in the kitchen, it's like all the time, tapping, tapping, tapping. In the shower, music blasting, we even have a leak here. They're like, because he's t- <laughs> he, he was, I mean, if he's here, the, the house was like always, he was so good in rapping, like he can make up words, so good.
0: Lovely shared a YouTube video with us of Praveen rapping. We will play it at the end of the episode for you all to hear Praveen's own voice.
2: He was so, like, he didn't want any of us to see all this. So uh, his friends sent it to us, and I think some of them posted it on uh, Facebook and YouTube and all that. So I, I have one from Niles West when they went for nationals um in the evening he was rapping and then the dj goes like this you know, and i saw it after he was gone i never he when he came he said i i rapped and i was like where is it and he's like oh no it's not good but it is good
4: it's good
1: Are you truly okay with how things um, have ended up or are you actively pursuing a retrial of some sort?
2: The retrial part, I really leave it up to Robinson, um, the prosecutor. If the case ever goes to a retrial, 100 percent sure we will be there. Um, I don't know how else to do it. We did everything we could to get this case to a special prosecutor and to a trial. Right now, whatever the judge did is beyond me. It's, I feel like it's a complete failure of the justice system and they need to correct it themselves. You know, I, I don't know how to do it. So what I'm trying to do is spread my son's story so people know what an utter failure the justice system was in my son's case and hopefully one day they will correct it you know so that's my hope but if the case goes to another trial my complete hope with I'm doing all this podcast and all the anybody that is willing to talk to me I, I talk I just really want to know what what really happened that night and what happened to Praveen's shoes. They are still missing.
1: Wait, where do you think they went? I am hundred percent sure Gage took it. And then got rid of them. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That is that is something that I hope I'll I'll find out. You know All that's right. the.
1: Maybe you will one day. One day.
2: All these years later, you know, there is not a single minute that goes by that I feel like I beat and my heart beats one for me and one for him. That's how I feel, like, all the time. People tell me, oh, we don't, you know, I don't want you to talk about it because I don't want you to get upset. I'm like, if I don't talk about him is well, when I get upset. I don't want people to forget him. You know, um, like all my patients, they all are in tears because they, they have known him since he was little. So some of them ask me about him and then like, honey, are you okay? Do you want to, you know, like I, I, I can talk about him for hours and hours. That's why I, Monica is like, you know, she never gets tired of me talking about him. But some of my real close friends, I know it's because they don't want me to be upset. They cut off, you know, the conversation. But I feel like I don't want to forget him. Uh, it's, it's there. I see him every day, I go to the cemetery. If I'm in town, I'm there every day you know, either on my way to work or coming back. And I carry him uh, with me everywhere. I picture Praveen in Gage's place. You know, if he had told the state trooper, oh, I just picked up this white boy and we were in a fight. I mean, will the state trooper would have had the same kind of reaction? Praveen would have been in handcuffs and we would have to sell every single property that we own to get him out of jail by now. You know, my son never would have seen the sunlight. So it's a it's it's. It's sad. I tell my nephews, you know, uh, your skin color is, is the biggest sin. You're the biggest sin. You know, like, what can you do? You know, no matter how educated you are, you just have to like always have to thrive. You know, like that's what I said, my son never even had a traffic ticket and he was in college on his way into uh, to be a productive citizen. And did anyone care?
3: Next week, you will hear how Lovely and her family along with Monica, continue to honor Praveen, and some surprising things that have happened to Lovely since Praveen's passing. In some beautiful ways, she still connects with him. If you're interested in this story and you want to know more about the case, you can check out our social media pages. We will be sharing videos of the police interviews, photos, and documents from the case. We are at Speaking of Crime on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, and at Crime Speaking on Twitter. Please help us share Praveen's story.